What's up, freak bitches? This is the first episode of the Alter Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Seo. Happy and excited to start off with this project and want to see it become more versatile and grow over time. Eventually, I'd love to like talk with random people during live streams and also just work on new ideas. Other side from the two I'm going to be talking about today. Um, follow if you like to learn, apply knowledge, and joke around and just like questioning and pondering um, the laws of the universe. <laughs> Ew, that sounds pretentious. Anyway, first I'm going to be talking about the archaeological site Gopekli Tepe, and then I'm going to be talking about a social science theory, uh, enculturation, and try to apply that to how it informs every single person's uh, identity and how they view and see the world. Um, yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoy. But first, here's a poem called Caution that I wrote. Caution, you are now playing with dynamite. Say the wrong word, tick the wrong nerve, you might be dead on sight. Flashing blur, blue, red, and white stripes. Fucking ruthless. Okay, so yeah, first we're going to be talking about the historic archaeological site, Obekli Tepe, uh, which translates to Potbelly Hill. And that's because it's found, like, just in a hill, and it was um, buried over, and it wasn't found. It wasn't found until uh, a farmer over there was digging through the hill trying to trying to you know, plant some stuff and then he found that there are some artifacts there and no one really expected it to be there and then um a german archaeologist carl schmidt came and he excavated the place and he dated the site to be 8500 bce which equates to like 10,000 years ago and that's just a fucking long time and the thing about it though is that it's supposed to be 4,000 years 3,000 years away from other ancient civilizations mesopotamia or egypt which were supposedly forged around that time during the agricultural revolution which allowed them to make cool stuff like monumental architecture large um large-scale agriculture the ziggurats um and also supposed to be possible because there was a division of labor so this division of labor supposedly to be the reason why they're able to have specialization due to the increased amount of food which would allow people to work as not farmers or waste all their energy doing food but they could focus on instead other things now uh, gobekli tepe is probably most famous for its monumental architecture as well as its date because its date falls under the neolithic period which was when uh, humans were supposed to be still kind of hunter-gatherers, more tribe-like people, and they weren't supposed to have the social or even innovative skills to create this monumental T-shaped pillars, which are found at the site, which are apparently tons. Like, they weigh tons, and that's that's fucking heavy. So it's just, how could people without... How could people who were supposed to not have the necessary knowledge in order to create such a thing... How is it that they were able to do so? And because of this, Gobekli Tepe is kind of like a monkey wrench within like the prevailing theory when it comes to cultural change within human evolution, just simply because its state throws off a lot of what was supposed to be able to occur at the time. Now, I want to go back to it being intentionally buried, which I mentioned earlier, which is just an interesting thing to think that like someone thought to preserve this place which has now most consider it like a temple that's actually formed in like a geocentric pattern which is circular 
and on the it's lined up with a bunch of those t-shaped pillars that i mentioned earlier and on those pillars there's a shit ton of inscriptions which are pretty cool too because once again we're seeing a level of artistry we're seeing symbols being used and these are carved on to the rock so it's just like how do they have the tools how do they have the manpower how could they move these blocks to where it is and um there's more experts as to who just try to answer or even postulate questions about once again who did it why they did it how they did it why why is this underreported um you just want to say that you know carl smith the prime excavator said that it was more of a happy accident um you know researchers like um, Graham Hancock French instance an amateur archaeologist slash professional writer uh, talks a lot about the subject where he kind of ties in Gobekli Tepe into like a prehistorical um, framework where uh, Gobekli Tepe is proof that there was more ancient civilizations I mean of course there's a lot of speculation when it comes to that sort of stuff but it just kind of shows the implications of the site and because of its date and the capabilities that were shown and demonstrated there all right now we're going to transition and talk about enculturation which is a socialization process in a social science theory enculturation explain tries to explain how people learn from their surroundings or um, surrounding culture and develop their own sense of values ingrained certain practices and norms that fit into the worldview that is partially inherited and in shaped by the particulars that particular experiences that influence and end up limiting and directing both indirectly and directly um, to result in some sort of competence that ends up being what a person or individual values and the rituals that they carry in their day-to-day -day lives and even may shape how they ended up in that certain profession now we can see from the definition that it's kind of a tricky subject in in the sense that like what the definition itself is extremely vague and because of that it relies on the application of that knowledge to fit any particular um any particular person or group or subculture within like America or whatnot. And we all fit into like ethnic categories. We all fit into like personality habit care, um, categories. And I mean, each of us are like getting more and more categorized as we go. Like you can do it in terms of age. You can do it in terms of what people perceive of gender. You can do it in terms of your left or right. Like people love to find binary binaries in themselves. But how anyone ends up at these binaries, I find like extremely, extremely cool because like I think everyone has a little bit of a hidden world in them. And to use um, the philosopher um, or philosopher, I guess, or what's a sociology uh, guy, um, Pierre Bourdieu, um, talks about the habitus. But with the habitus, he tries to tie people in how they relate to acquiring culture by terms of class, meaning like poor people will have a perception of the world that's going to be based on like a lower income thing therefore they'll even affiliate with more mainstream pop culture 
because that's there but if you were to go more in the high classes they may look down on you because that's where you consider rich people wealthy people to be more pretentious and they may be like oh i've seen metropolis instead of oh you watched the marvel film although those kind of norms have been changing over time we may be asking like how does enculturation work then because i mean just the just saying that people absorb culture through their environment is really vague so what is what does any of that mean and what may comprise an environment coming up the way i see environments is kind of um related to the way it's presented to in the definition which was provided by the wikipedia um is that in the wikipedia it stresses that the people who influence are parents adults and peers but i felt like that was not broad enough so i'd also like to include media music and anything books any any type of uh entertainment or even experience or trial sport whatever it is like whatever that it is that can influence you whatever that was even if it was like a spiritual experience like though like you can add the all that into there um but i would like to notice uh, i would like to note that the definition focuses on experiences that relate to actual people the parents adults and peers and i think that kind of reveals a certain thing that like people especially in like older times could only be influenced by the people who surrounded them specifically whether it be like in work <clears throat> in work their family but uh, in work their family schools peers um who you relate to like generationally um that all influences the way we act speak and even the ideologies we uphold like even around now being an 90s kid i see a lot of old nostalgia nostalgia kind of media on tiktok that's like oh do you remember um the magic tree house or some shit and everyone's like whoa but i mean all they're doing is just pointing out something that we all experienced and influenced us in those in that moment now applying this to a specific individual is a little more difficult because in our current society we live in a very open-ended society where people have all sorts of crazy jobs and there's you you know people are less definable by their region or their local place and more defined just about how they apply themselves in the world and i think that's a good way to see like how you constitute your own framework in your own micro bubble is by looking at like your own specific boundaries and limits and also where you see possible because all that has been influenced unconsciously as we sort of absorb these ideas without even knowing it so let's say perhaps into a lot of games um you may see a future where you you're going to be playing games it's that simple and with a lot of this it's really simple but it's the application of all these simple things that make us understand it um because like built to spill on uh, doug marsh said if you can't spell it out like do you really understand it and it's true like if i know like i know the necessary things to change an oil in a car but it doesn't necessarily no mean i know how to do it if that makes any sense but i know i know what the concept is um the best way to see it in my opinion is to realize the way that we carry ourselves and see ourselves aside from society and lifestyle and how we independently stand and consider our own imprint of culture and what that may mean for us and for other people yeah you know, like not only within your own city within your own work within your own um country but the entire world and nation and just kind of realize all the possibilities and manifestations that can occur 
out of these inherited experiences over time that end up manifesting and articulating themselves in the now. Yet we can also see how reality is tied and connected to other people. And if you've seen the show Neon Galeon, Evan, oh my god, I always fuck up the title. But you know, the one with the Evas and Shinji with Rain. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible explanation of it. But anyway, moving along. If you've seen the ending of the episodes where, you know, it gets super existential and it's just Shinji and he's like, oh my god, what is life? Like, I'm in an empty space and it's like kind of like a big fucking acid trip. But he just eventually realizes, and the important takeaway is that you know he finds that he's grounded with the experiences that he can make from other people and often in life we find ourselves asserting our own representations with things that exist outside of ourselves meaning that we take in a lot from the culture that surrounds us and we um it's less that we create a discourse but more so that we find ourselves slipping into a discourse if that makes any sense and the discourses that we slip into speak back on us in the same way that when you buy an object it reflects back on you it can show like an index value depending on price or the style it can show a little bit about personality or how you even got an object because half my furniture in my apartment right now was gifted to me by one of my friends and that says something about how i get furniture <laughs> Yet we can also see how reality is tied and connected to other people. And if you've seen the show Neon Galeon, uh, Evan, oh my god, I always fuck up the title. But you know, the one with the Evas and Shinji and, um, you know, those people with Rain. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible explanation of it. But anyway, moving along. If you've seen the ending of the episodes where you know it gets super existential and it's just shinji and he's like oh my god what is life like i'm in an empty space and it's like kind of like a big fucking acid trip but he just eventually realizes and the important takeaway is that you know he finds that he's grounded with the experiences that he can make from other people and often in life we find ourselves asserting our own representations with things that exist outside of ourselves meaning that we take in a lot from the culture that surrounds us and we um it's less that we create a discourse but more so that we find ourselves slipping into a discourse if that makes any sense and the discourses that we slip into speak back on us in the same way that when you buy an object it reflects back on you it can show like an index value depending on price or the style it can show a little bit about personality or how you even got an object because half my furniture in my apartment right now was gifted to me by one of my friends and that says something about how i get furniture <laughs> if you're growing up and your parents want you to be a sports star then you once you get like a college scholarship or something then obviously you will move yourself towards a place where you can play sports even if it was like temporarily just to see if you tried it because maybe your parent would really encourage that but there's also the part in life that relies on your own individual ability to or that maybe it's genetic or maybe it's like a spirit or whatever but your innate disposition that meshes and aligns with certain plate um, certain um, locations and niches and subcultures in life and alienates other subcultures in life because every selection is a diselection against other things.
It would seem that culture works as kind of almost an invisible force that nudges people into acting in specific ways or looking at the world. Part of the idea of writing or talking about this was looking at the ways people inherit these things in our own lives and the way we have these structures exist and the way we um, actuate these things into existence. Part of the process comes from our ability to like have informed perspectives and our ability, once again, to absorb things. But this is only because of our gestalt nature that um, gestalt nature of psychology. Um, this is only because of our gestalt nature of psychology that kind of represents that humans can learn in abstract ways and don't necessarily need the fine details to understand things because they'll utilize their own brains to fill in the gaps and it would seem that whenever you have anything called into mind like let's say mattel toys you can on the spot come up with a representation and a model in your own head which is just a super fascinating thing to know and these kind of models or representations uh just depend on a person's internal mental models and one way you can see how these internal mental models um, actuate themselves could be internal mental models. The way they act can be seen in um, the way that we construct our perception of what happened to us throughout our lifetimes or what we're seeing. Because it's kind of crazy how we can all witness or even hear the same thing. And um, we can take away different meanings from that. Even if they do align, we can still find new avenues to explore within that greater direction because of this um enculturation really just takes like an orientation how you are directed into the world now we can see this by looking at the ways that we were raised in the majority of people listening to this have gone to school and they were taught a certain history that works as a frame and representation of things and that's history and you may have cared for those things or you may not care for those things right but the point is is that whenever they're relevant you have the ability to remember those things and recall those things into the now and it also shows that your perspective if you never bothered to learn more about these kind of things if you never decided to orientate yourself or accidentally be orientated to specific things you may have never learned about them in the first place it's that simple now the way that this can apply to an individual in a microstructure can be the way how a person usually gets shaped throughout their adolescence and whenever their prime developmental stage which would be from infancy adolescence into uh, early adulthood at 30 i think is when the brain stops maturing or at least the prefrontal cortex of your brain stops maturing that's usually before we stop um developing our own things and we firmly have what we believe <laughs> certain rituals in your life may or may or not may or may have not been introduced to you by school by friends by movies by your parents but let's say if you had parents who go hiking you may you have a stronger uh, likelihood of going hiking but if not you could just say oh i like nature and you know both reasons are just justifiable but the point is that you do it right the same could be said with movies shopping all those things like for any person in the world depends on let's see what shopping centers are located approximately to me let's see if this was 
in an era with internet or not internet, I wouldn't be able to go online and search a catalog of a thousand items. I would have to physically go to a store. But kids now may not even know what going to a store is actually like for the things that they actually want because everything they want may be online. And that's just an inherited thing that people of this younger generation may be imprinted with. And again, focusing on school, I want to know how there's this idea, especially in terms of like locality and regionhood of like normie culture, right? And what is normie culture? Normie culture is the things that like are already represented in the world and then represent and reflect those already represented things in the world back, right? But even if you're going into a cultural niche and like repurposing, uh, let's say like a subculture like goth for instance you're still um acting in like a norm right you're still appropriating to a norm even though it's a different kind of norm now with the internet our ability to align ourselves with specific subcultures and our access to specific cultures so specific subcultures has increased dramatically so more and more people can disaffiliate themselves with the local culture and then join whatever their interest-based or experience-based cultures are but the point I want to make here and really drive is that the normie culture was largely influenced on by the environment that um, one's school or one's location or one's uh, residency is located in. So if you live in a poor neighborhood or uh, you live in a rich neighborhood, uh, you may have access to better resources. You may have access to better um, sports equipment, uh, better equipment in general, right? And you may have going to school with people who have a specific politic or not politic or who go to specific banks or listen to specific music or not now how socialization work is is very simple right like i said before if you're it's as simple as if you were born in another state you would have made different friends and you would have done different things and you would have met other people and you would have had different things introduced to you but let's say if you had other parents, maybe your parents now had really shown or introduced you to a specific movie that you like, have informed your cultural taste. I mean, you probably formulate the same eating habits as your parents for the most part until you can learn to make your own. But until you're 18, you're living under that roof, you largely accommodate to the rules that were already there. And that's how it works on a micro and individual level. And from a very broad perspective, people are both an individual with a very personal way of doing things but also extremely general in terms of their utility and function of things hence why we can all live together in such a diverse you know nation with 300 million or so people now the german philosopher martin heidegger uses the term thrownness to describe the way beings are inserted into the world when they where they must learn and adapt to the conventions of both the household and the modern day so it's to say, have you ever caught yourself saying, I didn't ask to be born, mom, dad, like, I didn't ask for that shit. No, no, it's true, like, you didn't ask to be born onto a planet filled with fucking misery. You didn't do that. And even though we didn't ask for it, and yet, even though we never planned for it, we're here anyway. And we're scrambling our best to, you know, do whatever our idealized selves or <laughs> wherever we see ourselves going, right? Now... It's as simple as saying, like, your thoughts create your reality. How you envision yourself internally, negatively or positively, will affect how you perform in your life. So, let's say you don't succeed yourself succeeding, 
and you're scared of having success and you never take the opportunity to go have that success you just will never succeed then but if you never saw yourself having the courage if you never put yourself in that place to have courage of course of course you weren't going to succeed but like it's that simple <laughs> i think that's when you catch phrase yeah I would also like to say that I've been kind of looking at the micro way individuals have enculturation, right? I would say that that's kind of important, but I'd also like to look at the like the modern macro way that we're all being conformed to larger cultural institutional structures within our own lives, which is the definition of like what makes us quote unquote like, um, you know people of the state to begin with so in the macro we can see that enculturation has affected us by uh, how we look at hospitals our credit cards our schools and corporations consumptive patterns uh, bureaucracy history the Harlem Shake the tab gangnam death style style any kind of trends slang language movies and subcultures that's kind of a long list as we can add like artists and influencers and anyone else who can unconsciously or consciously direct you in any sort of direction and encourage you to pursue or act in a certain way so if you're on tiktok and you saw a cool recipe and you made that recipe you were enculturated toward that recipe by the socialization and interaction and experience from that information provided to you from the video the difference between that video and all the other thousand videos that you scrolled across is that you interact with it stored it and made it a thing otherwise it would have never reoccurred it would have just been like lost into the void now the micro ways we're enculturated can be your religion your region your style communication your music taste um how you travel and then the people that they let surround themselves in their lives <clears throat> and i think it's pretty simple to say that you know from a city certain people may have a certain way you may have like a regional archetype that people may fit into and um that's but it's also safe to say that americans act like americans uh texans act like texans you know these i guess what kervana gave a call grand falloons if you will these large broad constructs that we you know type ourselves in um those do exist and you know they do have truth in it you know stereotypes do have a sort of truth in it you know i'm from the south i say y'all you know that's just how it be and it's also important just to see how maybe the mass of people are taught the same things by um a rep repetition and persistence of certain narratives that inform our own perspectives even if we simply glimpse by them you know because in a year or two something that you know i scrolled past and you know i registered could be relevant you know you never know it could be like oh yeah i've seen that meme even though that meme is not important at all and even though that's not um contributing to how i see myself in the world whether or not i like the meme or not whether or not i understand it is influenced by my imprint and whether or not i'm affiliated with that stuff i'd also really like to point out language is really important because your head is a dictionary another quote from built to spill <laughs> but it's true if you're a gamer you can do gamer speak if you're into fashion you know all about makeup and the different techniques and whatnot and it just kind of goes to show that word specific specific word specificity goes a long way and it really like the objects reflects back 
on who you are and who you talk to in that life. And I think this is also a really important topic to talk about because a lot of people may not know who they are and may find themselves lost in life and may want to associate themselves in what I guess Heidegger would call the they. But to learn what is the culmination of you, you can realize that by examining the day-to-day and how you fill that time, both verbally, thought-wise, mood-wise, all of it. And it's important to realize your own frame just so you can learn your own extent and how some you was shifted and pushed it away in a special if you don't like where that frame and that picture is amounting to. You can then use your knowledge now to pursue things outside of that frame and try and teach yourself things that don't exist in your current frame of reference knowledge or experience base. And I also want to draw the point that every time something is selected, it is deselecting other things. And if you're providing some information, you're ignoring other information. And that's just due to scope because you can't talk about everything. You can't address everything. And that's just important to know because the your own thoughts right are work in the same way because you're looking at things within this fixed view more likely and you can expand that view simply by questioning what that view is because you'll learn more about it as you question it also brings up a lot of questions of the past and you know as someone who likes to daydream a lot you know i found myself wondering like oh how would life be different if i didn't wasn't socialized to the knowledge of being able to pull up a vid virtually at any time if I wasn't able just to go on my you know PC and play a bunch of games like my grandparents for instance weren't enculturated with technology they weren't socialized to it and my grandpa hates fucking texting because of it you know he wasn't enculturated he was illiterate too I'm pretty sure so he wasn't even enculturated with the gift of reading and look how that's affecting him now also, re-shout out to the um, learning kind of happens like a sponge. You just kind of take it in and, you know, and whether or not you regurgitate it, whether or not, you know, it retains is something else. But it happens in an indirect, indirect way. And thank God, because how, what a chore would it be if we had to manually select every single detail or way of acting? Like if you're just like, okay, I'm going to do this, that, 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 and everything that you forgot to add, you wouldn't learn. That'd be fucking awful so yeah closing words i just want to say that to look at enculturation within your own life or other individuals you can just see how their background is being formed informed by their parents by their friends by who they surround themselves with by the topics they surround themselves with by the media that they listen to with by they listen with but also one's ability to take meaning and create personal representations and re-articulate those things in new ways. That is what enculturation is. And yeah, I hope we got there. (laughs)